0: Welcome to the Celebration Church Tri-Cities Podcast. We are so grateful that you have chosen to spend part of your day with us. We are praying that God speaks to you through this message from our pastor, Robert Russell. For more information about our church, visit cctri.org. Enjoy the message. Let's pray. Lord, we do bring our lives before you this morning every heartache every struggle every joy every blessing that comes from you we come to your feet asking you to bless us to bless us with encouragement with truth with understanding that we might live according to your plans and purposes, that our lives would be fruitful in your kingdom, that we would honor you in all things, that we would stand against the darkness and be your light in a dark world. We do thank you, Jesus. Amen. In asking what-if questions, last week I asked the question, what if everything changes? And we discussed the fact that everything is changing. Our very beings are changing. We're aging, we're maturing, we're growing. Everything around us is changing. Your immediate circumstances never stay still very long. Always something changes in some way or another. The world, the culture, all those things are changing. The generations come and the generations go. That's changing. But what we did talk about is that in a world in which everything is changing, there is one thing that is not, and that is the Lord himself. The scripture declares in a number of places that the Lord does not change. In fact, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. One of the f- false theologies in the culture today, taught in seminaries today, is that God is evolving, changing with us, responding to our decisions. It's basically a theology that makes us little gods. It's a lie. The truth is recorded in several places, as I mentioned. In James, it says that every good gift comes from our Father above who does not change like the shifting shadows. And in fact, the idea that God never changes is of utmost importance to you and me. Because in a world that is increasingly chaotic, you and I can depend upon him, trust him, no matter what's going on no matter all of the changes going on around us, all the difficulties, human life has really been the same throughout all of history. That is, every person is searching for understanding about, why am I here? What is my purpose? How do I go about living? It looks very different at different times in history or even in different places today, but really the search of the human heart is the same. And what we're really searching for is God himself, relationship with him. When we find him, we know that we can trust him, that he's not going to suddenly change directions, he's not going to be disloyal to us as a human being might be, that in everything he can be trusted. Part of this is what we talked about last week, is that everything that comes from him can be trusted. The scripture says that we are born of, not of perishable seed, but imperishable. And it's through the living and enduring word of God. That we, that is all of us, are like the grass or the flowers. That we are fading away, we are perishing, but the word of God stands forever. And there are several aspects to the word of God. There is the written word that is recorded in scripture that God has providentially maintained for us. That is truthful, that we can rely upon it. But really, the Word of God is larger than that because God Himself took the form of a man, came into this world, and the Scripture says in the first chapter of John that the Word was with God, the Word was God, and the Word became flesh, meaning Jesus Himself is the Word. There's the rhema word of God, the spoken word of God. It's by which he spoke the world into being. It's the same God, though, who speaks in a still voice to you by way of the Holy Spirit. That every word he speaks to you individually is of the same nature, the same character, that it can be trusted, relied upon in all things, in all circumstances. If you were to... Back up say to when you were let's say 16 years old Some of you haven't gotten there yet It'll be an exciting time But for those of you who can vaguely remember that time Did you have any understanding whatsoever of how your life would progress from that point? I mean you had dreams, expectations, hopes But pretty soon you found out that there are a lot of detours in life. Whatever you planned, surely it was different. Some of the things that you had hoped for, maybe dreams that you had, you accomplished. But some things that have come your way in this journey of life were unexpected. And for that matter, undesired. Hardships and heartaches that were overwhelming. Yet, through it all, Jesus is the one that you and I can depend upon, trust, for he never changes. He's with us through every part of life. Whether it's the mountaintop or the valley, he can be trusted. Now, the question I want to ask this week is, what if it rains? With a lot of these teachings in this series, the title itself was basically the question, the primary point of the whole teaching. This one's a little more complicated because in asking you the question, what if it rains, doesn't automatically indicate what I'm teaching. In fact, I must say that when I uh, first felt like the Lord gave me this idea of what if it rains... I didn't have the foggiest idea what I was supposed to teach. I just thought the Lord had given me that concept. But then I explored it and began to realize what he was saying. Now, do you like the rain? I asked this question last night, and some people vibrantly said, oh, yes. Like one guy said, it renews everything, makes things fresh and new. There are some really good aspects to the rain. But I must confess that as a little boy, I really did not like rain. I just did not like it. Do you know why? Because when it rained, it meant that the fun things had to stop. Particularly, I played baseball in the summers when I was a kid growing up. And rain was the nemesis. Because it would rain out the games from time to time. And I despised it. And there were so many fun things that you could do outside, but if it rained, ugh, I didn't like rain. In fact, it was so bad, I remember, I don't know how old I was, let's say 10. We had a baseball game in the summer, and it was at a field on the other side of town. And it was pouring rain at our house. And my, This is of course, pre-cell phone, pre-internet, all those kinds of things. It was the old fashioned way where you sent up smoke signals to find out what was going on. But my dad was like, the game's canceled. I'm like, I begged and pleaded and finally convinced him to drive all the way across town to be sure that it wasn't raining on the other side of town. We got there, and it was a torrential downpour. Then I whined and said, let's stay. Maybe it'll stop. Maybe we'll still play. It just kept raining that field wasn't going to dry up for two days. I didn't like the rain. But as I've gotten older learned a few things, I've begun to appreciate the rain. In fact, if you think about it, our bodies are mostly water. The whole world needs water continuously. There is something that God is doing In revealing himself in the nature of what's going on, whether it's the bright sunshine or a strong rain. In fact, if you will do a study just on the word rain, you'll find that it appears often in Scripture. And it appears in various ways. But that God does use the rain to teach us. Now, when you go for a hike in the woods, what do you pay attention to? Me, I look at, look at things. I look for the creatures who are moving, the various plants, various trees. I like to look at things. That's not what my wife pays attention to, at least not primarily. And it it's catches me off guard when she does this. She is a gifted musician, And when she goes for a walk in the woods, she listens to the sounds. How many of you do that? See, only a small number. But some of you have the same gifting. I like to see things, but she hears sounds. And we'll be walking along, she'll say, did you hear that? I'm like, what? And then I'll stop, and it'll be like the wind rustling in the trees, and it'll create a certain sound. Or like, she loves the sound of rain falling. If you really stop and listen, when it's falling, depending upon what it's falling upon, it creates different tones. And see, even there, I think God is revealing something to us. That the rain reflects something about how he works. The scripture says this in the book of Psalms. It says, sing to the Lord with thanksgiving to make music to him to worship him for he covers the sky with clouds he supplies the earth with rain that he makes the grass grow on the hills that he is the one day by day making provision for each of us do you realize that that every single moment of every day god is making provision for you and me whether it's the breath that we breathe the water that we need to be sustained Every need that we have, he brings it to us, makes it available in the best of ways. But interestingly, the scripture also says this in Matthew, that he causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. And it sort of begs the question, well, why would he do that? Why why doesn't he just send rain on the good people and send scorching fire on the bad ones? Why doesn't he do that? Why does he send rain, goodness, blessing on both the righteous and the unrighteous? Well, I think it has a lot to do with the nature and character of his love. That God so loved the world, not just a select group, but the entire world, That he gave his only son. That whoever, anybody who believes will not perish. And that even though at any given moment there are the righteous and the unrighteous. They are not in that position by their own works. If you went back to Saul when he was still a Pharisee before he encountered Christ. He would have thought that there were the righteous and the unrighteous. But he would have thought that based on their works. That the righteous were people like him who abided by the law and he said as to the law he was faultless. He thought that there were people who proved their righteousness by their deeds. And then there were the sinners, the people that Jesus hung out with. But when the scripture says there are the righteous and the unrighteous, it's not those who have the outward appearance of righteousness like the Pharisees that Jesus certainly didn't approve of. The righteous are those who have put their faith in God, who have been made new by him, not by their own works, that salvation is by grace through faith, not of works, so that no man can boast. That the righteous are those who have been made new in Christ. The unrighteous are those who have not yet done so. And I believe that God makes it rain on the righteous and unrighteous because at any given point in time... You and I would have been in the unrighteous camp. That when I did not know him, God still showered blessings. That I enjoyed the goodness of his creation even though I did not deserve it. That he sends blessings on the righteous and unrighteous because he loves every person and he's desiring that none would perish. And some people go an entire lifetime in the wrong camp. But come to know him late. Some of you came to know him midlife or later. I heard of a gentleman just a few years ago. I think he was around 94 years old when he came to know Christ. So it's never too late. And Jesus is pouring out the blessings on everyone because of his great love. And really, you and I should be thankful of that because Paul was talking to to those he was writing to and listing all types of sins, and he said, such were some of you. Well, really, such were all of us. And that his goodness pours out upon us even when we do not deserve it. Now, the Scripture indicates that the blessings of God are like the rain. See, if you do a study about rain, you'll see that it's a metaphor for the blessings of God. That when he sends the rain on the righteous and the unrighteous, it's his blessings coming upon many people. And in Deuteronomy, this is the case where Moses was speaking to the people of Israel after they had received the law, that they were the chosen people. And he says, if you faithfully obey the commands that I have given you, To love the Lord your God, to serve him with all your heart, with all your soul. Then the Lord will send rain on your land. Now this is what's repeated in the New Testament when Jesus was asked what's the greatest commandment. He basically went right to here and said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind. And so Moses was declaring to the people on behalf of the Lord. He was saying, look, if you love God with all of your heart, He will send rain on your land. In other words, he will pour out blessings upon you. It goes on to say that the rain will come in the autumn and in the spring, that you'll gather your grain, you'll have new wine, the grass in the fields will grow to feed the cattle, that you will eat and be satisfied. In other words, follow him, walk with him, honor him, and you're going to be blessed. But he warns, he says, Be careful, or you will be led astray, that you'll be enticed to turn away and worship other gods. Then the Lord's anger will burn against you. And he will shut up the heavens so that it will not rain, that the ground will not yield produce, and as a consequence, you will soon perish from the land. He lays it out very clearly. Follow God, honor him, There will be blessings poured out upon you. But if you follow false gods, go in the wrong path, you will forfeit those blessings. Now here's a question based on that statement, because I said it's conditional blessings. Do you earn the blessings of God? Emphatically, no. But doesn't that appear to say you do? appear, apparently say that if I love God, I'm going to experience blessings, and if I don't follow him, I'm not going to experience them. See, there's a critical question in there. In fact, I believe most Christian people do believe that I must do the right things, the right religious things, in order to receive the blessings of God. And that if I do not do the right things, he won't bless me. I believe, most people believe in their hearts that you earn the blessings of God. But the scripture says there's nothing you and I can do to earn salvation. That it's a gift. When the rain pours out on the righteous and unrighteous, who earned The blessing, neither one. See, the statement here about if you follow him, you're going to be blessed. But if you don't follow him, there's going to be a negative consequence. I do not believe it teaches that you earn the blessings of God. Yet I believe most Christian people think that they do. They think that if I do the right things, God will be pleased, then He will bless me. I believe we've got the wrong concept. See, I believe the nature of God is perfect love, and He desires all of the time to pour out blessings upon His creation. See, That's why he pours out the rain and the sun upon both the good and the evil and the righteous and the unrighteous. He desires to display his glory, his love, to pour out his blessings upon every person. You do not earn the blessings of God. You say, well, then I don't understand what that scripture is saying. You can't earn them. The scripture says in Isaiah 64, 6, that all of your righteous acts are like filthy rags. That the best you can do is still short of the standard of the glory of God. Here's what I believe. You do not earn the blessings of God. God stands ready to bless all of the time. It's what he wants to do. It's his character. It's his love. It's like a good parent. Doesn't a good parent want to bestow blessings upon their children all of the time? Now, a good parent knows that you can overindulge, and they have wisdom about how to bestow blessings, likewise with God. He has far greater wisdom, so he knows far better about the blessings that we need. But I believe God stands ready, like a good parent, always to bestow blessings. My wife and I, raising our kids, we were always looking to do fun things that would bless them. Whether it was a little thing or a big thing. And sometimes I would be thinking about how to bless them 15 years down the road. Like planning for some things and making it a goal and saving for some things to provide for them. I would be thinking about how to bless them years down the road. At the same time, we were thinking about how to bless them today. I remember one of the most fun things we ever did was when our kids were really little. The youngest one was probably three. And we decided one evening, let's go to Walmart and let each child buy one thing. And we would, we would tell them, you can buy one thing. I think we told them some dollar limit. I don't know what it was. It wasn't a whole lot. So we just walked around. And like, I think one of the boys picked out a matchbox car, you know, and stuff like that. And there was this uh, display in the aisle that went up really high. And all it had in it was big bouncy balls, really big ones. And my little bitty girl looked up at that and said, I want one of those. And of course, she didn't want the one that was right there. She wanted the one that was up there, the unusual color. And she carried it up to the register. She could barely carry it. It was like she was trying to carry the globe, got it up, put it on there. It was one of the most fun things we did. We bought simple little things that didn't cost very much just to bless them. For years, every time I looked at that little ball, it it made me happy. See, now, if, if humans, if Scripture even says, if you, though you are sinful, know how to give good gifts, how much more? It's talking there about the Holy Spirit, the good gift of the Holy Spirit. How much more does God want to give to those who love him? Here's what I believe. That you do not earn the blessings of God. God stands ready to bless. He always wants to bless. By following his will, by seeking him, you put yourself in a position to receive the blessings of God. You're not earning them. But by disobeying and rejecting him, you're rejecting the blessings of God. See, I'm not earning them one way or the other. I'm, even, I'm either standing ready to receive them or I'm turning and rejecting them. See, think of it like this. How many blessings did you receive from the time you woke up this morning until now? Just this morning, it would be hard. I mean, if you really, really stop, how many blessings did you receive this morning just from the time you woke up until you came here? The blessing of life, start there. The blessing of people in your household, or maybe if you're alone, the blessing just of waking up and saying, Good morning, Lord. I was just listening to 106.9, the radio station this morning before I came and the lady was on there. She was telling about little kids and some of the things they say and she had people calling in and unusual things that kids say and she was saying that her own little niece, when she saw a skunk, she called it a stunk. She had gotten the two words together and that was pretty accurate, a stunk. Or another man called in and said that Uh, Somebody in his family, a little kid, called the aquarium a water zoo. (laughs) Now, just listening to those, see, that was two little blessings that made me smile just this morning. On the way here, there were blessings, just the things that I saw, wildlife, trees, beautiful sky, so forth, blessings. People I encountered. We were just laughing just to start the day as I walked in. How many blessings did you receive just this morning? in a short period of time. How many blessings have you received in a lifetime? Couldn't begin to count, could you? I mean, you could start with the big ones. The greatest blessing would be the offer of salvation that God has given to you, that he has forgiven you, that he has invited you into his kingdom. Then the great gift of the Holy Spirit coming and living in you, that God himself living with you And you have relationship with him. Those are the most abundant gifts of all of life. The greatest blessings of all of life. Having relationship with the living God. But then God is always standing ready just to pour out his blessings upon you. Now you can get confused and you can seek after things of this world and think they are blessings. Rather than understanding that the blessings are in relationship with God and in relationship with people. The greatest blessings are in relationship. See, if you had every material possession you'd ever dreamed of, the most luxurious house, many houses, many cars, all those kinds of things, and you lived all alone without knowing God and without people, you would be absolutely miserable. The other day I saw a video from, uh, from Kakamega, Kenya, from our mission team that went there. And Louie and Hannah were singing uh, the song, The Blessing, with the children. And they had all the children together. I think they're going to show that video next weekend. So that was a promo for coming next weekend. You see. But anyway, they had this video, and probably a 100 of the 150 children are gathered around there just singing together. And in the midst of them is Miss Vicky, the lady who runs the orphanage, if you don't know who that is. Now, in the eyes of the world, Miss Vicky might not be considered greatly blessed in terms of she doesn't have a lot of material things. She doesn't have wealth in the world. But you'd look at that video and you'd say, Ooh, there's a lady who's richly blessed. If you know her, you know that the Spirit of the Lord just pours out of her. She is so filled with the Spirit of God. That's why I consider her, her and Arcadius and others there spiritual royalty. See, the world has it upside down. We, we think of the royalty as those who have a lot, position, power, and so forth in the world. In the kingdom of God, spiritual royalty may not have a lot in this world, but they have a lot in the kingdom. And see, you do not earn the blessings of God. You seek after him with all your heart, your soul, and your mind, not after the things of the world. Inevitably, you will receive the blessings of God. You can't avoid them. You walk humbly before the Lord with a broken and contrite heart. You hunger and thirst for him. The blessings of God come to you. You can't avoid them. But you don't earn them. You can reject them. When you choose to walk outside of the perfect will of God in any way, you are forfeiting, rejecting the blessings of God. The best blessings of God. When you do that, God will warn you. This is repeated in many places in the Old Testament. Here, the prophet Amos was recording the words of God to the people... The context there, it says that the leaders of Israel had led them astray. They're off worshiping false gods, things like that. And God had warned them. He said, I withheld rain from you when the harvest was still months away. I sent rain on one town, withheld it from another. One field had rain, one did not. It all dried up. He says, people were staggering looking for water. Yet you did not return to me. God will send warnings, He'll send judgment. A call to repentance saying, come to me. In my lifetime, I've watched what many people would say the greatest nation in the history of the world go into almost complete rebellion. Instead of being in a position to receive the great blessings of God, we are rejecting over and over and over by calling good evil and evil good. But he's still sending warnings. He's calling us to repentance. He's calling the true church, the real church, to be humble before him, walk in his ways, to stand as a beacon of light that we might repent and receive his blessing yet again. And maybe that's where you are in life. Maybe God is warning you right now. From time to time, I'm aware of situations going on in people's lives, and I can just see it as clear as day. God has set a warning before them. It's as if there was a big flashing light at a railroad crossing or something like that, and yet they're barreling ahead and going right through it. There's a cost. There's a consequence. In Hebrews... It says that land that drinks in the rain, often falling on it, and that produces a crop useful to those for whom it's farmed, that they receive the blessing of God. The Scripture talks about living water. When Jesus encountered the woman at the well and and he said to her, if you knew who I was, you would ask for living water, not just the water from the well. And see, there too, again, Water describes something about the nature and character of God. The rain is talking about Him pouring out His life in each and every person who seeks Him. That the person who drinks in the life of Christ, who the rain of God falls upon them, who drinks it in and produces a crop, the blessing of God is upon you. The more you love God, focus upon Him, drink in His life, He blesses that because He uses you as a blessing to others. But that verse also says, land that produces thorns and thistles is worthless and in danger of being cursed. In the end it will be burned. That where God has poured out the blessings of life upon the righteous and the unrighteous, those who reject him are not only rejecting his blessings presently, but ultimately. That no person will be rejected by Christ for a random reason, that every person will appear before the judgment seat of Christ. And for some, he can only say, I offered everything I could, and you rejected it. Away from me, for I never knew you. The most grievous thought, really, in the world is about one person standing before Christ and Jesus saying, I never knew you. Jesus could say, I poured out blessings upon you as much as I poured out upon the righteous, but you never turned to me. That his blessings are new every morning. You cannot possibly count the blessings of God that have come into your life. Now, some might say, well, what about the extremely difficult seasons? And some of you are in that. It's just a reality of human life, is it not? That you're going to have seasons that are very, very difficult, overwhelming. You think, "I I can't handle this. It's greater, more difficult than anything I've ever encountered. And that's true. Because God will orchestrate circumstances to bring you to a place where you're weak and you must depend upon him, where you have nothing left to hang on to except for him. In those circumstances, your old self dies, and the new you is being created to be like Christ. Those of us who've lived a few years, to whom 16 is a vague recollection, realize that in the difficult seasons, it is very hard. Nobody volunteers for those. There are a lot of seasons of my life I would never want to go back and go through that again. But after you've walked a few years, you get perspective and you realize during those seasons, he was at work. There were blessings that came that I could not understand at the time, and maybe I still don't understand. But I know he was at work changing who I am from the inside out. I've had a little minor problem going on recently. Really, on a scale of 1 to 10, it's a 1. 1. Uh, maybe a .75, not a big deal. And this gentleman's trying to help me. It's nobody's fault. It's just drug on for a long period of time. It'll eventually get resolved. But I thought about it. I thought if this had happened many years ago, I would have been angry, impatient. Before I was a Christian, I would have cussed him out. I really would have. I said that to somebody. Well, the guy who hooked me in the ear one time with a fishing hook when we were fishing. I said to him, I said, you know, before I was a Christian, I would have cussed you out over that. He's like, Robert, I can't imagine that. I'm like, well, you just didn't know. <laughs> but what I thought about recently is, here's this little problem been going on for a long period of time. I haven't been angry about it. have been very patient about it. I then went to the guy's place of business who's dealing with it. I prayed with him about it. Prayed that the Lord would give him wisdom and understanding how to deal with it. Now, many years ago, I wouldn't have done that. And see, what's happened is, through some of the difficulties of life, the Lord has changed my inner character. And I might not have seen that as a blessing at the time, but later realized there was a blessing even in the difficulty. (laughs) Lastly, in Ezekiel, it says this. Now, it's where the people have been rebellious. God's calling them back. He says, I'll make a covenant of peace with them. I'll rid the land of wild beasts and they can live in the desert and sleep in the forest in safety. He says, I will bless them and the places around them. I will send down showers in seasons. There will be showers of blessings. I must admit that often during my life, I have not stopped to recognize the showers of blessings. I've been too caught up in the petty things of life or some simple thing and just not stopped and recognized the showers of blessings. But when I really step back and look over the years, I can say, wow. The showers of blessings have been unending. I think of it like this. There are hundreds, really thousands, of people that I have gotten to know. Sometimes for long periods of time, sometimes for brief periods of times over the years. And as I said, the greatest blessings are in relationship first with Christ, then with people. There was a gentleman I've mentioned him before, Court Wood, who went to church here. And first time I met him, I really liked him. I knew he was just filled with the Spirit of the Lord, and. You know, if I had realized what God was doing, I would have thought the first time I met him, here stands one of the greatest blessings of my life for the next seven years. But I had no idea. I just met him. I could say that about many, many people. Or like the day I first met my wife. I did, by the way, say to my friend that very day. Now, she lived in another state. and We met at a conference. I said, if she didn't live so far away, I think the Lord just introduced me to somebody that could be my wife. I said that the day I met her. So I realized there was a potential blessing. Of course, she said to her friend, under no circumstances am I giving him my phone number. She did not see the magnitude of the blessing that was yet to come. I don't think she's in this service. She'll probably be in the next one. But you see, sometimes God brings somebody into your life And you don't realize it, but standing before you is the greatest blessing or one of the greatest blessings you're going to have maybe for years ahead. Like holding a newborn child. You don't have any idea of really what's coming. Going to be a lot of work, a lot of hard days, some really difficult days. Some days you're going to just be with your head in your hands crying. But you're going to have one of the greatest blessings of your entire journey. See what I'm saying? The blessings just keep coming. I I think of this gentleman I met in Brazil when we did a mission trip there. His name was Renato. He was one of the most upbeat, funny people I've ever met. He was the leader of the trip, the Brazilian leader. I loved Renato. I probably won't see Renato again in this life. But I'll see him in heaven. For... For a week or so, he was an extraordinary blessing. Now, I challenge you try to count your blessings. See how long the list gets. Even if you're in a dark valley, count the blessings. All the people that God keeps bringing into your life. It's, to me, it's an endless stream of new people that I meet, and I just enjoy meeting and learning from them and spending time with them and just seeing the work of God in them. Do you know one of the families that volunteered to keep one of the Ukrainian families has only been attending here for weeks before they volunteered? And I wouldn't have gotten to know them so quickly had they not volunteered, but I've gotten to know them fairly quickly as a consequence because I've been to their house now a few times. And there's a joy in just spending time with them, getting to know them. You see, I believe God sends showers of blessings. Some years ago, I was out bicycling on the road and I was probably, I'm gonna say, about six or eight miles from my house going back. And a storm blew up over the horizon, over the hillside. And I mean, it was a gully washer. Now, fortunately, it was in the summer. It was warm. It was a warm rain, so it wasn't freezing to death. But I mean, it was soaking, just coming down in buckets. Every ounce of me was wet. I remember looking I was, kept going looking at the porches of houses and think I'm going over there I don't care who they are I'm going to get on their porch and they're going to think it's weird with some guy standing in leotards on their front porch but you know those little bicycle outfits you wear are not very becoming but it was just drenching I believe that's the nature of God and his blessings upon us if we have eyes to see To stop and really recognize... He just drenches us with blessings. All the time. See, I challenge you. This week. Try to focus on the blessings. Try to count them. Just for one week. You won't be able to keep track of them for one week. Far too many we take for granted. Do you realize in heaven... It'll be a perfect time of blessing all of the time because there'll be no sin in heaven. We'll never reject them. We'll always receive the perfect blessings of God. So I like the rain. Let it rain. Let the Spirit of God rain down upon each one of us in might and in power with His special blessings. Amen. We hope that you enjoyed this podcast and that it blessed you in some way. Don't forget to visit our website at cctri.org. And make sure that you send us your prayer requests at office at cctri.org. We pray that the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him.